All right. Does anybody know what day it is? Sunday. Good job. <laughs> nice. Nice. Does anybody know what holiday it is? There's one in every crowd. We know where he's heading. Christmas Eve, right? All right. How many of you are excited about Christmas Eve? Anybody? 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 Yeah, a few of you. Emma, are you going to come help me? Emma's going to help me here. Just a moment. Moment. Judah, come here. You're going to be my mic person. Judah, that's you, Judah. There you go, buddy. You're going to be my mic person. So here's what we're going to do. Just for a couple of minutes, we're going to play Christmas trivia. Okay, are you ready? Now, I got prizes for you. So if you get the if I if we call on you, you get the answer right. You can get a prize today. We have uh, lovely things of cotton candy. Okay, and then we have uh, kettle corn. If you want that, okay. So we're going to do a few questions here. You cannot yell out the answer. No. You have to raise your hand, okay? And then Judah's going to run the mic over to you, so wait till he does to answer. So you're, are you, everybody ready? I'll give you a swirly. Okay. What was the name of Jesus' mother? Raise your hand if you know the answer. Raise your hand if you know the answer. I got this dude. Okay. Mary. Mary! All right, good job. Okay. What, here's number two, what town did Mary and Joseph leave in order to go to Bethlehem? I saw this one first, right there. We'll say it in the microphone. Nazareth. Oh, you got great parents, man. You got great parents. Okay, you ready? In what town was Jesus born? Okay, I saw this dude back here first. Judah, hurry up. Don't hurt anyone or yourself. Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Nice. Nice. Okay, here's a, here's a hard one. What three gifts did the wise men bring to Jesus? Do you know? Oh, hang on. Hang on. Do it in the mic. Gold, Frankenstein, and Ruby. We'll accept that. We'll accept that. That was awesome. Okay. How, how, this is a trick question. How did the wise men know which way to travel? I saw Kyler over here. Kyler. Hang on, wait for the microphone. Wait for the microphone. There were stars in the sky that All right. them. Well, they followed the star. Good job. Okay, you ready? In what did Mary lay baby Jesus. Baby Jesus, right here. Manger. A manger. Nice job. Nice job. Okay, this is a trick question. They get harder as we go. Trick question. How many wise men were there? How many wise, this is a trick question. Think about it, it's a trick question. I saw this young lady. Three. Say it like this, at least three. Say it like that. At least three. Yes! Correct! We think there were three because they brought how many gifts? 
but we don't know for sure. There could have been a hundred. We're not sure how many wise men there were. Okay, good. Good biblical things here, guys. You got to think. Okay, here's a hard one. Here's a hard one. Who was the king of the Jews when Jesus was born? Who was the king of the Jews? Do you know? You forgot. Okay, king of the Jews. Do you know? Okay, hang on. Take the mic over there. God. Well, yes. I mean, I mean, yes. I mean. Okay, we'll give him a prize, but like he's not wrong. <laughs> but that's not the answer we were looking for. So who? <laughs> She's just on her own. That's okay. Who was the king of the Jews? You got it? Okay, hang on. Get the, we'll get the mic over to you. Joseph? No, he was Jesus' dad. Who was the king? You think you know? Okay, okay. Get the mic over there. Let's see. Dot. No, that's no. Anybody else? King of, who is the king? Go. King Herod. Yes! Yes! Nice job. Okay, we only got a couple more. Where were the shepherds when the angel appeared? Where were the shepherds? Oh, you, you hang on, you already answered. Who has not answered? Cooper, we'll let Cooper answer. On earth? Yes, yes they were, but not a prize worthy. Where were the shepherds? Over here. In the fields. In the fields. I mean, that's earth, that's earth. Yeah, yeah, they definitely weren't on Mars, okay. Okay, how many angels spoke to the shepherds? How many angels spoke to the shepherds, this little guy? One. One spoke, that's right, because the other angels, the multitude, worshiped God. They didn't speak to the angels. Good job. Trick question. And he got it. Nailed it. Okay. You ready? Two more. What is the name of the angel who appeared to Mary? What is the name of the angel who appeared to Mary? We're over there in the black sweatshirt. What is his name? Gabriel. Gabriel. That's right. You guys get ready. Get ready. Over here, Lou. Lewis, come over there. Abby, come over here. You got it. Or, or Shiloh, whoever's doing it. Okay, last question. You ready? It's a really hard one. Really hard. When Mary and Joseph left Bethlehem, where did they go? Where did they go? Do you know? No, they did not go to Nazareth. Where did they go? Not to a stable. They were already in the stable. Where did they go? Egypt! Well done. Found all the way down. Where'd Emma go? How did we run out? We had 12. Oh, I'll get you something. I promise. Okay. Okay, guys. Thank you for participating in Christmas Jeopardy before you go back. Wait, 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 wait. We have a special gift for all of you. You can have a candy cane from one of our buckets here on your way back to your parents. Go on. Have a great Christmas with your family. Thank you. Just give that to over there. All right, give him a hand. They did awesome. Awesome. I'm very impressed with some of you. Others of you? Hey, mom and dad. Wow, that sounds like thunder. Mom and dad, listen. If your kids said that the shepherds were on earth, read them the Christmas story tonight. Okay? <laughs> Okay.
you have a Bible, I want to invite you to turn to Isaiah chapter 9. If you've been here this month, we've been in a series uh, about the names or the identity, the revelation of the Messiah, and we're going to wrap that up this morning from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, and I want to read these to you. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord will do this. I love this passage for lots of reasons, but what I love the most is the promise that the Messiah will establish his kingdom at some point in the future and there will be justice with righteousness forever. That's the best news for humanity. Because in this world there's nothing but injustice. There's nothing but brokenness. Some of you've noticed that. Anybody notice that? But in his kingdom there will be righteous justice and there'll be no end for it. This is a prophecy about the Messiah that really describes the blessedness of his future reign. It is a now prophecy. In other words, Jesus is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. He is all those things today, but not yet in the fullness of what they will be. Aren't you glad this isn't it? Amen. So I want you to know It's coming. There's a great kingdom coming that this this man born of a woman who lived to die and rise from the dead will lead. And I want to focus in this morning on one name of God in this passage, and that is this, the mighty God. How many of you are glad he is a mighty God? He's a mighty God. There's a song we used to sing in children's church. And I don't know what songs they sing in children's church today, but this is one we sang. My God is so big. How many of you know this? So strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? Some of you are like, I never heard that. You should have went to Sunday school. Should have went to Sunday school. Here's the reality. There are so many gods in this world. There are so many things to worship. There are so many uh, small G gods around the world. And really, since the fall in the garden, there always have been. Man has always tried to find other things to worship. And what distinguishes the Messiah from all the other gods and whatever power they have and whatever authority they have is that he is the only one who is mighty. And let me, let me demonstrate that to you. The prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel could not stand against the fire of God. In fact, the fire of God, when their God was silent, the fire of God came at the command of Elijah and consumed the altar, including the rocks and the water. I mean, that's mighty. The demons, when Jesus walked the earth, could not stand to be in his presence, but they were troubled and overwhelmed by the mightiness of the Messiah. The false gods of ancient Greece could not stand to the power as Paul preached about the unknown God on Mars Hill. The oracle of Delphi could not stand to the power of the preaching of the gospel in that great Greek city. 
The Roman gods of Ephesus and Corinth could not hold a candle. In fact, we've relegated those gods that really ruled the earth for so many generations. They're relegated now to the stable of mythology. Well, our God is the only one who lives. Even Islam cannot stand. Their God, Allah, is not greater than the cross. He's not greater than the things that Jesus did. Death and hell, in fact, could not even withstand the glory and the power of the crucified and glorified Jesus Christ. He's a mighty God. He's powerful. In fact, no one has ever done, no human and no God has ever done what Jesus did. No God, no power in heaven, no earthly events has accomplished what the Lord has. That word, mighty God, those two words in the original Hebrew are this, El Gibbon. And it means this, it's not just a connotation of a God that is powerful, that can do all things, though he certainly can. It's really a God of victory, a heroic God, a valiant God, a great power, one with great power and authority. Aren't you glad he has the power over your life? And I just want to say to you, if this Christmas season you've been struggling or you've been hurting or you've been wondering where he is, he's still holding the whole world in his hands. He's still holding your life in his hands. And even when your life looks like it's full of defeat, he is the mighty God who holds the victory. And we can celebrate that this Christmas. So this Christmas with this Messiah, with this mighty God. I wanna give you three admonitions for Christmas and I'm gonna pull them out of Deuteronomy chapter 10. Deuteronomy chapter 10. And we're gonna just kinda of read some of it as we go, beginning in verse 12. Here's my first admonition this Christmas. In all of the hustle and the bustle and the presents and the things that you're going to do with your family and all the, you'll, you'll eat yourself into a food coma and all the things you're going to do tonight and tomorrow, please remember this. The mighty God has a simple desire. He has a simple desire, and it's not that we celebrate his birthday the way that we do. It's not that we, you know, do all the presents and all those things. He's good with that. He, I think the Lord loves it when we are full of joy, don't you? But I want you to remember his simple desire, and it's found in verse 12. And now, Israel, what does the Lord require? What does God really want to fear the Lord? to walk in his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord. What I am commanding you today is for your good. Verse 16, circumcise therefore your heart and be no longer stubborn. How many of you would say, I'm a little stubborn. Don't raise your hand, don't do it. How many of you would say your spouse is the stubborn one? Yeah. The admonition is to remember God's desire that to fear the Lord, to have not a, not a uh, afraid of the Lord, but a healthy understanding of just how mighty God is, just how incredible God is. You cannot outrun God. You cannot run away from him. You cannot hide from God. Everyone who's tried has been found. He is the hide and seek champion. Not Bigfoot. 
He's the mighty God and he desires you to have a fear of the Lord. The Bible says in Proverbs that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's where we begin to be wise in our lives. He says, walk in your ways, keep his commandments and his statutes, love him with all your heart. And let me go to uh, the great command, what we call the great commandment. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. He says to circumcise your heart. I said that to my kids yesterday, and they're like, what does that mean? It means that we have his mark upon us. We are marked with his name. We are marked with his purposes. We are marked with what is of God, not what is of the world. Cut your heart to know the Lord. Don't be stubborn. Now, of all those that I mentioned, that might be the most difficult. I don't know how often you get in the way of what God is trying to do in your life, but for me, it's rather common. Anybody with me? Some of you should raise your hand because I know you. Just kidding. Here's what I want you to know. If you give your kids for the rest of their life the greatest gifts that you could ever give them, and every year you buy them what they want, and you give them awesome things, and you celebrate them, and you celebrate, but you fail to teach them what God really desires, to love the Lord your God, to follow his statutes. If you fail to give them the gift of eternal faith, you have failed them. No matter how many gifts you buy them, no matter how many Sundays you go to church, no matter how many times you trust that our youth and our kids' ministry is gonna do the job for you, you are the one who passes faith to the next generation. And if you fail to do that, you have failed miserably at your number one task, to raise your children to know and serve and love the Lord. So in order to teach them that, don't you dare not let it be who you are as well. So my admonition to you this morning is to remember his simple desire, God's simple desire for you. The second one I want you to see is I want you to remember that the mighty God has incredible magnificence, has incredible magnificence. Look at verse 14, behold the Lord uh, behold, to the Lord your God belong the heavens and the earth, the earth with all that is in it. I just want you to know the enemy, the devil, you, anybody else, you don't know nothing in this earth. You don't know nothing in this universe. God is the Lord of the heavens and the earth. He holds it all together. For the Lord, look at verse 17. For the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God who is not partial and takes no bribes. So stop trying to bargain with God because he's mighty and he doesn't need what you're offering. He just wants you. He just wants your heart. His might, his power humbles us his might causes awe and wonder. And that's my admonition. Don't skip the awe and the wonder of the mighty God this Christmas. Don't be enamored by the movies and the, and the lights and the brightness. And we ain't having snow, so you can't have that. But we, don't be enamored by those things and forget to be set aside and beside yourself because of the mightiness of our God. Remember God's simple desire for you. Remember his incredible magnificence. Don't let it be lost in the season. 
He's worthy of your awe and your attention. He's worthy to rest in his glory. And lastly, remember his unmatched love. Verse 15, I think, may be the most powerful verse in Deuteronomy 10. Yet the Lord, even though we were lost and we were broken, and even though we've been in slavery and we've spent time in Egypt and all these things that happened in our life, yet the Lord set his heart in love on you. I know he's talking to Israel and he says, your father, you know, I know that, but hear what he's saying. In spite of you, in spite of all your problems and all the difficulty and all the ways that you, you think that you mess up life and you don't do the right thing here and there, whatever, yet the Lord set his heart on you and chose you above all people. And he chooses you today. I don't want you to forget that the reason Jesus came to this earth was because of how much God loved you, how much he loved me. We used to sing a a song in church, oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. He gave his life. What more could he give? Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me. It's his unmatched love for us. It's his motivation. I like this Christmas hymn. We seem to never sing it ever uh, in our, I don't hear it on the radio, but it says this, come thou long expected Jesus, born to set your people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art, dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. I pray for that in our lives this Christmas. Verse 21, and this is where we land today as we prepare to receive communion I like how he says this, he is your praise. God is your praise. He is your God who has done for you the great and terrifying things that your eyes have seen. Your fathers went down to Egypt, 70 persons, and now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars of heaven. I want you to see the blessing of the Lord. I want you to see how motivated by his love, motivated by what he's done. He's created a new heritage for you. He's made a new way for your life. He's adopted you and me into his family. And even though we once went down and we were lowly and we were broken and we didn't matter and our life didn't matter, yet now he has raised us up to be heirs, sons and daughters of God. That is a powerful, powerful thing that he has done for us. So remember him this Christmas. It's so easy to be engaged in the holidays and forget what we're celebrating. Remember him, remember his power. Remember that he's the mighty God. Remember that he is your praise. He is your God. He is our hero. Amen. One thing he says very powerfully, he asks us to circumcise our heart. He asks us to rid ourselves of stubbornness. And I bring us to the moment of communion 
Paul said that we should examine ourselves, that we should look inside of our soul and make sure that there's nothing between us and God, that he is truly the light of our life, the love of our heart, the one we serve, the one we chase, the one who is our hero and the mighty God in our life. And I wanna ask you this morning, would you examine your heart this morning? Would you look in your spirit and be sure there's nothing between you and God? There's really only one way Jesus asked us to remember him. And that is through the celebration of his body and his blood. We remember the sacrifice that he made on Calvary's cross for us. That brings us healing physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, relationally. It brings us restoration. It brings us deliverance because of the stripes bore on his back. But even greater than that, the blood that he shed brings us eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we remember, Jesus said, do this. Take these emblems in remembrance of me. Remember me until the day that I come again. He said we would remember him this way, but he's waiting for the time that we can have dinner with him at the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's coming, friends. It's coming. May the Lord prepare our heart. Paul says on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it and gave thanks. And he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. I don't think it would be wrong of us on Christmas Eve to ask Jesus to heal this morning. Amen? Amen. If you need healing in your body, or your relationships, some of you are walking this weekend into difficult relationships, difficult situations, difficult things that have happened, water under the bridge, or things that are still active in your life, and you're walking right in the middle of it. I can't think of a better thing for you to do than to carry with you the body of the Lord in healing. So can we pray? If you need healing today, relationally or physically, spiritually, whatever it would be, would you just lift to the Lord this emblem and ask him to heal you as I pray. Father, I thank you for the sacrifice of your son. I thank you for the body of the Lord that was broken for us, that we might be whole, that we might have healing. So Lord, I pray you would move right now into the physical bodies of these folks, Lord, that are asking you to heal. I pray that you would move right now into a situation, in a relationship, in a moment, and bring healing where there's been nothing but strife, where there's been nothing but conflict. Father, would you send the grace peacemaker and bring peace I pray bring restoration bring wholeness in Jesus name we believe you've provided for it and you've made a way through the body of Christ so Lord I pray that you do it in Jesus name let's receive together shall we thank you Lord Bible says after supper Jesus took the cup And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Aren't you glad for the new covenant? Aren't you glad we're not slitting the throats of bulls and goats today? Thank the Lord. That'd be disgusting. But it's the blood of Jesus that cleanses us and washes us 
and makes us new. May you be new this morning. Be renewed by his mercies that are new today. Can we lift our cups to the Lord? Father, thank you. Jesus, thank you for shedding your blood for us. Thank you because we know it's the reason you came. You came to give your life as a ransom for many. You came for those who were sick that they might be made well. So Lord, I celebrate, we celebrate the shedding of your blood and we remember Jesus, we remember, we don't forget you, we don't forget your sacrifice and your love and your mercy today. We don't neglect it, we don't treat it as a secondary issue to Christmas but we celebrate it as the main reason you came. And we honor you today, Jesus. We honor you today. Would you say that to the Lord in your own words? I honor you today in my heart, in my soul, in my spirit, Jesus. I honor you and I remember your sacrifice and your love. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, let's receive the cup together. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. We remember, oh God, we remember, oh God.